Well, good morning, good morning, or good day, whatever time it is that you're getting to watch this. Good morning, Judy. Thank you for joining me this morning. Um, my name is Shel Wagner, and I'm so glad you came to join me for our Mercy Poured Forth. So I had something completely ready, and I went to go to bed last night, and I opened up the scriptures and started, you know, praying, and um, immediately Yah changed what I was going to do <laughs> this morning. So that's okay. He had something he would rather me talk about, and it was funny because it hit me. I was just in in prayer, and I was thinking about, you know, sometimes. Good morning, Ren. So good to see you. Um, sometimes I can feel. I don't know, a little um, on guard or, or, you know, at this time of year, you know, Sukkot, we have finished. It's the season of our joy. And we've got a long time now until we come back around to Pesach, right? We've got, we've got the winter and we've got all the worldly holidays to go through, you know, as far as everyone around us, right? And our families and, and different things, at least for me, you know, with, with my family, that is certainly true. And it can, it can get a little sad. I mean, um, literally lately, um, there's some things that I have not been able to go to that I would have gone to, but the theme for birthday parties <laughs> in the first part of October by my family was changed to Halloween. And I, I, before it was even announced, I had been in prayer and I had heard, you're not going to that party. And I was like, I'm not. It was like, nope, send your gifts early. You're not going to that party. And I had no idea why, but I was obedient, you know, and, and I listened to what I heard y'all telling me. And so I went ahead and I took my gifts early and dropped them off. And then I found out while I was standing there that the theme of the party was going to be a Halloween party. And I went, oh, that's why you told me I wasn't going to be allowed to go. Okay, I got it, you know? So, I mean, he's just so faithful. It, Yah's faithfulness is where all my hope lies. It doesn't mean that I don't feel the effects of sadness that my family is not on the same page right? And that my grandchildren are, are going through this and being exposed to this. So when I was thinking about it, that that's Ren saying it's a heartache, but we endure and persevere. That is exactly right. We do endure and persevere. You know, there's so much, you know, I can feel it. It's like, what was that old, um, that old song? I think it was a Phil Collins. I can feel it coming in the air tonight. It's kind of what it feels like to me in the atmosphere right now. You can feel that things are certainly heating up and on their way. And I want to snatch those that I love right out of the midst of the trouble that they're setting themselves up for. But, you know, it's not up to me. It's just not up to me. And and I notice sometimes even as I begin to share, I watch their countenance change. I watch this thing come over their ears. It's as if they're looking at me and going, la, 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 la. I don't want to hear anything you have to say, you know, because they think that I'm trying to judge and I'm not trying to judge. I'm trying to save them 
heartache and um, torture and, and, and pain, you know, but they just can't see what I can see. And it's not within my ability to open their eyes. I pray, you know, I pray, I ask for strategy. I ask for opportunities. I look for those things, you know, I love them and it's not judging, you know, but the result is really up to them and to y'all, right? There's not anything that I can do, you know, just like I, I think about it often when I was a worship leader. What is it that makes our worship valuable? To me, as I thought about it, it's always the fact that it comes from a heart that was capable of a free will decision, right? This is what makes my, my praise a sacrifice of praise. There are times, you know, what, that it would be easier to go the other way to my natural mind. It's never really easier. It's deceptive. However, when I choose, even though it hurts or, you know, um, it, it feels like you're being ostracized or left out and you'd love to be with your family, but I choose to walk in his ways instead, according to what he tells me to do and according to his scriptures. And I stand for righteousness and I take that stand. It is a comfort to my heart, you know? And so, you know, one of my favorite movies has always been The Sound of Music. And it's like, when I'm feeling blue, you know, these are a few of my favorite things. I think about these things. Well, I compare that to scripture. So this morning, what I thought I'd do is I'm going to share some of the things that encourage me and keep me steadfast and on the path, no matter how it feels right? And, and keeps me in prayer and keeps me knowing that I'm going, I'm going to keep my feet on the path, no matter what anybody else chooses to do. I'm going to do my best to share, but the result is up to them. And it's my free will worship offering. It's my choice to stay on the path. I have the ability to wander off. It's just that I know him and I love him and I don't want to wander off. Okay. All right. Well, shalom, shalom. Oh my goodness. Let me put this up so everybody can see it. Our friend Wirewall, she would appreciate our prayers because she has been very sick for a week. Thank you for letting me know because I will, uh, as soon as I'm done with this, I'm going to go into some prayer. So thank you for letting me know. All righty. Okay. So what I was looking at, um, when I started thinking about this last night, I've been doing some study in the book of Enoch <laughs> and I, I'm, you know, I am, I am convinced from my own research of scholarly authors that Enoch was left out of, of the canonization process by whatever ruler was in charge specifically because, um, you know, one, it promotes Mashiach, and another, it promotes a um, a very strict view of keeping the scriptures and not being able to run off into the paganistic things, and it, it exposes those things with the with the watchers, right? So, um, so 
I was, I've been led there. I've been really studying in this a little bit and looking at a lot of that whole canonization process. And I am convinced that, you know, there were political reasons and religious power reasons why this was left out. But I'm also convinced that it was written for this end time generation. And this is why Yah has now really brought it back up to the forefront for his people. And I hope what I share with you today really ends up showing you um, showing you that. Okay, so I'm going to start right here in, in chapter one. I'm just reading the first couple of chapters and they're very short, but um, I wanted to read this with you so we can get it in context. So the word, the blessing of Hanok, how he blessed the elect and the righteous who were to exist in the time of trouble. So everything that we know about that particular phraseology, the time of trouble, we know that that deals really with this end time generation, right? So it says, who were to exist in the time of trouble, rejecting all the unrighteous and the wicked. Okay, we're coming to that time that, that the unrighteous and the wicked are going to be rejected. Okay, so Hanok, a righteous man who with Elohim answered and spoke while his eyes were open. So what is this saying to me? He had a type of visitation, if you will. You know, I believe as we read further on, it shows very much that he had what's called in um Real uh, religious theology explanations would be described as a Christophany, where literally Yahusha has shown up. Okay, so let's just keep reading and hopefully you'll be able to see that too. I love you guys. I love how Wire Will uh, shares a need and immediately, you know, all the friends here on this channel begin to lift her up and pray. Thank you guys for having such a sweetheart and caring for one another. I, I just love that. I'm watching it as I'm talking to you guys. <laughs> all right. Okay, back into what I was looking at. So the word of the blessing of Anuk, how he blessed the elect and the righteous who were to exist in the time of trouble, rejecting all the unrighteous and wicked. Anuk, a righteous man who with Elohim answered and spoke while his eyes were open and he saw a holy vision in the heavens. This the angels showed me. Okay. So we've got a couple of things going on. We've got the angels there and I've been looking at this and I want to see if you guys see the same differentiation because he uses two separate wordings. He uses the word angels, which are actually helping Hanok, and he uses the word watchers, which are terrified at what they're hearing. So I believe that we can deduce from this that every time it mentions the word watchers, it is dealing with... An, uh, I report, you decide, right? It, but I believe it is dealing with the rebellious ones, the, the ones, the fallen, you know, the rebellious angels that are, are not really considered angels anymore because angels are malek and they literally are for the help of humanity and to do the bidding of Yah and to worship Yah. This is what they are for and what they do. So I believe that there's a distinction in the wording. 
And um, I could go, I'll probably go a bit more into that later on. I could already tell my mercy poured force is going to get too long, but I have so much to share on what I've been looking at lately. All right. So let me see. So from, from them, he's talking about the angels. From them, I heard all things and understood what I saw. That which will not take place in this generation, but in a generation, which is to succeed at a distant period on account of the elect. Why is this happening? It's for those at the very end that are willing to endure, <laughs> right? Upon their account. I spoke and conversed with him. Okay, now let's listen to this part. And conversed with him who will go forth from his habitation, the holy and mighty one, the Elohim of the world. Okay, this is why I say this is a Christophany. Okay, because obviously the angels are there, but also. He is speaking with Yahusha, I believe. Okay. Who will hereafter tread upon Mount Zion. Uh, I'm sorry, wrong word, Sinai. Who will hereafter tread upon, upon Mount Sinai, appear with his host, that's his angels, okay, and be manifested in the strength of his power from heaven. This is why... You could literally transpose this into saying who he he names himself Yahweh Zavaot, literally um, the captain of the host of the armies, which you see all throughout when we're all throughout scripture when we're dealing with the day of Yahweh, right? So I see that in there too. Now this is interesting. I'm in uh, chapter one, verse five. It says. All shall be afraid and the watchers be terrified. So here we see that distinction, right? He calls the angels who were helping Enoch to grasp this message and everything that he's seeing in the vision, right? He's he's calling them Malek, but he's calling those that had rebelled. He's referring to them as the watchers and he says they're terrified by what they see. Great fear and trembling shall seize them even to the ends of the earth. The, the lofty mountains shall be troubled and the exalted hills depressed. Melting like a honeycomb in the flame, the earth shall be emerged and all things which are in it perish. While judgment shall come upon even, even while judgment shall come upon all. Okay, right. It rains upon the righteous and the unrighteous. We know that from New Testament scriptures even upon all the righteous, okay? We're going to feel all the effects of this. We're going to experience his judgment, okay? But to them, right, to who, to who? To the righteous, he shall give peace. He shall guard the elect and towards them exercise clemency. Then shall all belong, all that belong to Yahweh, be happy and blessed, and the splendor of Yahweh shall illuminate them. You know, wow. I think back and I, I'm looking at that too. His splendor illuminates us. So I'm thinking about what happened with Adam and Eve when through jealousy of what she 
what was dangled in front of her by the watchers, right? This was their, you know, this was their first rebellion to come and corrupt mankind, okay? I believe that there were three huge rebellions of the watchers for which they are are paying for a three huge, you know, rebellions of these, of, of these re rebellious, what had been Malek and then became in the demonic realm, you know, the, the Nephilim, okay. The watchers. And that was the first one was let's tempt humanity. Okay. And corrupt humanity. Next, let's leave our heavenly domain and mate with women. And third, let's try to build a tower, uh, the Tower of Babel. So we've got three huge rebellions that we're talking about that took place. Okay. So we lost that covering, that covering of light is what my opinion is on this. Okay. That garment of light. And instead they had to be covered with flesh. They were covered with animal skins. So flesh became their, their covering rather than a garment of light. Okay. And when we were looking uh, last week at our tour portion in Genesis, I noticed that the word, you know, subtle, that, that it was a subtle thing, that that was what they were desiring was that, you know, it was, he came to them in a subtle way and that they saw that, you know, it's very, you know, um, I wish I could, <laughs> I can't do a good impression of that, right? but it, it was a, a subtle thing. It was a sneaky thing. It was something that made them desirous of it. Right. And that when they saw they were naked, that word naked actually means the same. It's the same root word as subtle. So they had become like them in that fallen state, right? It wasn't meant for man. That wasn't what Yah had wanted for us. All right, let me get on with my message. I can tell I'm all over the place again. I hope you guys don't mind it being a little longer. All right. So uh, Enoch then chapter two, behold, he comes with 10,000s of his Kodashim to execute judgment upon them and destroy the wicked and reprove all the carnal for everything which the sinful and wicked have done and committed against him. All who are in the heavens know what is transacted, that the heavenly luminaries change not their paths, that each rises and sets regularly, everyone at its proper period without transgressing the commands. They behold the earth and understand what is there transacted from the beginning to the end of it. You know, it's really interesting to me that I believe that there was a whole lot going on before man was ever introduced to the scene. Okay. There's, there's the days of man, but there was a lot, there was an elder race, right? There were, they had already, you know, um, become jealous of, of Yah's throne. There were, there was already this rebellion uh, against Yah taking place. There, there was a lot. And I believe that there are entities all around us. I mean, think about it, even when we're thinking about that heavenly realm, we're thinking about rank and authority and, and numbers and positions and titles and as, as varied and wide as humanity and all the other species that exist on the planet, as well as the animals, the 
uh, fish life, the bird life, the the plant life, the I mean, all of it. it imagine all that we can't see in the heavenly realm that is vast compared to this one little tiny place that we live, planet Earth, compared to all that was created before planet Earth ever came on the scene and much more before man came on the scene. You know, we're the newcomers to all this. But, um, you know, you can see it in Job where where the morning stars sang at the creation of man. And there's a connection there to the angelic realm. Right. And I can't go into all that right now, but there's a connection. Okay, so all that's going around us all the time. Okay, I am in three, three of Enoch. That every work of Elohim is invariable in the period of its appearance. They behold summer and winter, that the whole earth is full of water, and that the cloud, the dew, and the rain refresh it. He's explaining the entire water table, right? Every drop of water that was ever uh, created by Yah in the very beginning is still on planet Earth in one form or another. And if I had time to explain the water table, I could explain that to you. But but trust me, it, that's true. <laughs> All right. Okay. They consider and behold every tree, how it appears to wither and every leaf to fall off, except 14 trees, which are not deciduous, which wait from the old to the appearance of the new for two or three winters. Again, they consider the days of summer, that the sun is upon it at its very beginning, while you seek for a covered and shady spot on account of the burning sun, while the earth is scorched up with fervent heat and you become incapable of walking either upon the ground or upon the rocks in consequence of that heat. They consider how the trees, when they put forth their green leaves, become covered and produce fruit, understanding everything and knowing and knowing that he who lives forever does all these things for you. Right? That's Yahweh, Yahusha. That the works at the beginning of every existing year that all his works are subservient to him. We're reminded right there. They're, they're all subservient to him. Everything that we see, everything that was made, okay, by him. Everything was made by him, for him, and through him, for his good pleasure. Wasn't for us. Earth wasn't created for man. It was created for for Yahusha, by him, for him, through him. Man wasn't created for man. Man was created by him, for him, through him. The angelic realm was not created for man to fly around and do our bidding. It was created by Yahusha, for Yahusha, and through Yahusha. <laughs> right? so, so it's all about him. Everything is about him, always. Okay? So that the works at the beginning of every existing year, that all his works are subservient to him and invariable. Yet as Elohim has appointed, so are all things brought to pass. They see too how the seas and the rivers together complete their respective operations. So now he's switching the thought pattern and he's addressing the watchers. Okay. And this is in chapter six, verse four. And it says, you endure not patiently, nor fulfill the commandments of Yahweh. 
but you transgress and culminate greatness. What does that mean? Who is great? Okay. The greatness is Yahusha, right? And so what does it mean when he's charging them and he's saying, you have culminated greatness, culminate or kalum, kalum niate. Okay. I'm not sure if I'm saying it right, but it's right there. And so what it means is to charge falsely. What is Hasatan's favorite charge? We saw it in the beginning with Eve. Well, he doesn't want you to know what we know. He's not really good to you. He's withholding something from you. You know, it was, it was charging him. That's what they were doing. This is always the nature of the adversary. He accuses, all right? He's constantly accusing. He accuses Yah to us. He accuses us to each other. He's the accuser of Yah and of the brethren. Look for that nature. When you, when you hear that coming through something, that's the message. You can be absolutely assured that this message is Hasatan. He's wiggling his way through. He is the accuser. Okay. So the calumniate means to charge falsely with malicious intent. It's like taking an ax and trying to hack up someone's good reputation. That's literally what's happening that with that word culminate. Okay. So I'm going to go back with that. And I'm in six, four of Enoch. Um, you endure not patiently, nor fulfill the commandments of Yahweh, but you transgress and culminate greatless and malignant. What does that mean? Cancerous are the words in your polluted mouths against his majesty. You withered in heart. Wow. <laughs> you withered in heart. No peace shall be to you. Therefore, your days shall you curse and the years of your lives shall perish. Perpetual execration shall be multiplied and you shall not obtain mercy. So I had to look at that and go, okay, what is execration? Because I didn't know what that word was either, right? It's a cursing. Um, when I thought about this, when I thought about this, a perpetual cursing, think about somebody who has become bitter, right? Nothing is ever right. Nothing is ever good. They see negative everywhere they look. They're incapable of seeing the good, right? That to me would be what this, this curse of execration would be. It's like you don't know a moment's joy because you can't even see things that are good. You can't even recognize when people are trying to be on your side, when are trying to do good unto you, right? Everything, you view everything with a suspicious and malicious heart, right? And so you cut off the things that could have been good in your life, right? But we're dealing with the fallen watchers, okay? So let me just finish this last little part here. It says, um, 
In those days shall you resign your peace with eternal maledictions. So I had one more word to look up. So this word maledictions is a magical word or phrase uttered with the intention of bringing about evil or destruction. It's a, it's a spell. It's a curse, right? It's, it's uttering, it's speaking curses over something as if it, and it's endued with magical intention. And we know what that is. That's wicked intention outside of the realm of what Yah desired for his people. It goes along with soothsaying and necromancy and and all of those times. It's, it's casting a spell is what it is. Okay. So that's what maledictions. In those days, you shall resign your peace with eternal maledictions of all the righteous. And sinners shall perpetually execrate you, you with the wicked. The elect, and here's where it shows the difference, right? I'm in verse nine. The elect shall possess light, joy, and peace, and they shall inherit the earth. But you, you unholy, shall be accursed. So there's a huge difference right there between the righteous and the unrighteous. Now, because we saw um, in this particular portion a direct reference um, that is given in the book of Jude. I did want to share that with you. So I'm, I'm in Jude and I'm reading it. Yehuda, the servant of Yahusha Hamashiach and brother of Yaakov, to them that are sanctified by Yahweh the Father and preserved in Yahusha Hamashiach and called. Okay, so we know right away this is written for us. Okay, we have been called. He has called us by name. He knows our name and he's called us by name and he loves us with an eternal love. Right. And what is what is told to us by Jude? Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the belief which was once delivered unto the Kodashim. He's telling us, you're going to have to fight for this sometimes, right? It's not necessarily just something that's, that the evil in this world is not going to easily just let you just hold on to it like sunshine and butterflies. You're going to have to fight for it within your soul is what he's saying. It, it's going to have, you're going to have to want it more than you want your next breath. If you want to hold on to what Yah's goodness is and what he intends for you, it's going to take, it's a free gift that costs you everything, right? For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old, all right? So they're inspired in part of this, what he's talking about, these particular men are coming from this same place of this watchers and the tainted DNA, right? This, this mixing and mingling that we were not supposed to allow. Okay. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. All right. They've made a choice and, and, and they, they've taken this upon themselves. Okay. Okay. You know, it's hard to discern sometimes who we're dealing with 
on planet Earth because we can't, I don't know if you can, but I certainly can't see into the supernatural realm. And I don't think you can either, right? Uh, what we do, we do by faith, all right? It's, this is why it's important that we can hear him. And this is how it describes them. Wicked men turning the grace of our Yah into lasciviousness and denying the only Adonai Yahweh and our Adonai Yahushua HaMashiach. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that Yahweh, having saved the people out of the land of Mitzrayim, afterward destroyed them that believed not. This really destroys the once saved, always saved doctrine that has been preached in the in the religion of Christianity, right? We are working out our salvation with fear and trembling. Oh, yay. We've got um, lots of porno being put on the comments, right? So let's see if we can block them. Yeah, oh, goodness. All right. <laughs> They'll probably be back. They hate what we're saying, right? Okay. So don't click that link. <laughs> Good morning, informed. Good to see you. All right. All right. So let's see where I was. Okay. All right. I will therefore put you in remembrance that ye once knew this, how that Yahweh, having saved the people out of the land of Mitzrayim, afterward destroyed them that believed not. All right. Verse six. And the angels which did not guard their first estate, right? This is, this is, they were angels, but they didn't stay there. They fell, but left their own habitation. He has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the, unto the judgment of the great day. And when you look in that word, it's a, it's a place called Tartarus, right? The abyss. It's a, a, I guess I've heard one explanation and I don't know exactly where this comes from, but I heard it in something that I was reading that it's believed that it is as far under um, hell as hell is under earth. I don't know where that comes from or which book I was reading it in, but I, I do remember seeing it. Okay. So I am in um, Jude. Uh, it's only one chapter, but verse seven, even as Sodom and Amora and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh are set forth for an example and suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion and speak of evil dignities. I wanted to point out, this is really why I'm reading this too, is I wanted to point out this one thing about strange flesh. So when I looked it up, the, the Greek is heteros sarks. It means a different flesh. It's not human flesh. Okay. If it was dealing with homosexuality, that word would be homo sarks. Okay. Same flesh. Okay. But this is heteros sarks. It means a different flesh. It means it's not human. <laughs> this is what it's talking about. All right. So even as Sodom and Amorah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion and speak evil of dignitaries. 
Okay, yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moshe, dared not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, Yahweh rebuke you. But these speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute beast in those things they corrupt themselves right? I believe, uh, you know, this is talking then about more of the, the homosexuality, right? Right there. And it says, woe unto them for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Korah, right? That, that jealous rebellion of Korah. These are spots in your feast of love when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds, they are without water. Okay, so they're not, clouds are, were created to gather water. And he's saying these clouds have no water. Water is always like a reference of the purity, especially in the clouds, right? It's, it's the purification process it's the pure water of the word. It's the word in its purest sense. The word is Yahusha, right? He says, I am the living water. All right. So there's a connection to that there. They don't have water. All right. They look like a cloud, but they don't have water. They don't have word. They don't have Yahusha. Okay. So they feed themselves without fear, clouds they are without water, carried about, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withers, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Trees are always referred to as people, okay? that It's an analogy of people. Raging waves of the sea, that's always the restless, that's the restless masses of humanity. That's what, that's a euphemism for foaming out their own shame, wandering stars, right? This is a, a euphemism for the angelic realm. To whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. And Hanok also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these saying, Behold, Yahweh comes with ten thousands of his Kodashim to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are wicked among them of all their wicked deeds, which they've wickedly committed and of all their hard speeches, which wicked sinners have spoken against him. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust and their mouth speaks great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. This is what we're to be especially careful about. Yahushua warned us, you know, don't look for those that say the long impressive prayers who have the longest zit seats, who are trying to impress you out in public with their wonderfulness and their, you know, that, that they're, they know, everything about Yah, right? Oh, informed. I don't think so. She said, uh, or he or she said, it, you think that they were after you. I get attacked with this stuff all the time. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we just block them and go on. <laughs> we're not worried about what the, what the enemy is up to, right? We have the word of Yah to proclaim and that's what's important. Okay. So let me get a sip of tea and I'll continue. I hope y'all don't mind that I'm going pretty long on this mercy poured forth. <laughs> All right. All right. So 
so it's talking, I was in verse 16, talking about how they, you know, uh, promote them themselves, right? And try to look good in a religious sense, okay? But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before the apostles of our Adonai Yahushua HaMashiach, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own wicked lust. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Ruach. Okay. They are not, they do not have the Ruach of Yahweh. Their Ruach is not alive. Okay. So they're walking around with the, with a dead Ruach, you know, it's not alive and, and well, right. But ye beloved. So now he's turning to us, his people, but ye beloved building up yourselves on your most holy belief, praying in the Ruach HaKadosh, this is, uh, you know, the words for the Holy Spirit, right? Keep yourselves in the love of Yahweh, looking for the mercy of our Adonai Yahusha, Hamashiach, unto eternal life. He's saying when all this mess is going on all around you and, and people like, you know, porno people are trying to charge your sight, right? He's saying, keep your eyes on Hamashiach unto eternal life. And as people now, this is what I believe as I go into 22, I'm going to give you my interpretation first. He's saying certain people are going to be sent your way, right? And you're going to have to know the right way to speak unto who is sent to you in order that they can grasp and comprehend a word of truth. Okay. So he says uh, in verse 22, and of some have compassion, some you're going to need to just dole compassion out on. That's going to be the key to ministering to them, right? That may, will make a difference for them. That's what he's saying. On others, save with fear. It's like, give them, you know, a stark uh, wake up call into what they're heading headlong into, right? Show them pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise Yah, our savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. What a beautiful passage. Now, I do have one more thing to share. For some reason, Yah was really running a certain thing through my mind. And as I kept searching, I stumbled upon this and I thought, wow, this is such an answer for us. This is out of the book of Ecclesiasticus called in Hebrew, Sirach. Okay. And that that's in my full version of the scriptures. Okay. That I got from Sefer. Okay. And I believe it was even still in the, like the 1611 and, you know, it was in lots. Anyway, there's lots of information you can find on that. I'm not going to rabbit trail into there. Anyway, listen to this out of Sirach 36. This is incredible. Have It's a prayer. Have mercy upon us. O Yahweh Elohim of all. And behold us and send your fear upon all the nations that seek not after you. 
Lift up your hand against the strange nations and let them see your power. As you were sanctified in us before them, so be magnified above among them before us. And let them know you as we have known you, that there is no Elohim but only you, O Elohim. Show new signs and make other strange wonders. Glorify your hand and your right arm, that they may set forth your wondrous works. Raise up indignation and pour out wrath. Take away the adversary and destroy the enemy. Make the time short. Isn't that interesting? Because he said for the elect's sake, he would shut, he would cut the time short. And here's this prayer in Sirach 36 saying the same thing. Verse eight, make the time short, remember the covenant and let them declare your wonderful works. Let him that escapes be consumed by the rage of the fire and let them perish that oppress the people. Smite and sunder the heads of the rulers of the heathen that say there is none other but we. And this is the part that gets my heart every time. Gather all the tribes of Yaakov together and inherit them as from the beginning. O Yahweh, have mercy upon the people that is called by your name. And I believe that name is Yasharel right? That, that's why I love using his name, right? We are people called by his name. His very name is within us. When you look at our DNA in the sulfuric bridge, right? The yod he vav he the six, uh, I'm sorry, the yod, that's the 10, yod he is 10, five, six, five is the sulfuric bridge sequence between every letter of the, the of our DNA, the way that it's connected. So literally in every cell of our body to the minutest part, his name has been written within us. Okay. We are Yasharel. Oh, Yahweh, have mercy upon the people that is called by your name and upon Yasharel, whom you have named your firstborn. Oh, be merciful unto Yerushalayim, your holy city, the place of your rest. Fill Zion with your unspeakable oracles and your people with your glory. Right? That's that light. Give testimony unto those that you have possessed from the beginning and raise up prophets that have been in your name. Reward them that wait for you and let your prophets be found faithful. O Yahweh, hear the prayer of your servants according to the blessing of Aharon over your people, that all they which dwell upon the earth may know that you are Yahweh, the eternal Elohim. So right there it ends with, you know, Bless, hear the prayer of your servants according to the blessing of Aaron. So what he's saying, this is Numbers 6, verses 24 through 26. And I'm going to say goodbye with this. This will be my last part, but I'm going to read it over us this morning, okay? Yahweh bless and guard you. Yahweh make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Yahweh lift up his countenance 
upon you and give you his shalom. All right. So that was it for this morning. Thank you for joining me and shalom.